2022 IRS Dirty Dozen Tax Scams. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of Iron Financial. In today's episode, I'm going to go through some of the recently released Dirty Tax Scams the IRS releases every year. Actually, instead of a dozen, they only came up with eight so far this year. So that's good. And none of them really involve U.S. retirement accounts, even better. And some of these are, are hilarious, um, honestly, and others uh, are to be expected, you know, involving digital currency, stuff like that. But I wanted to go through these because just from an issue spot, if anyone ever approaches you with any of these type of transactions, you know, beware, um, pause, do not say go. Okay. So I think it's helpful to spend you know, a few minutes um, each year kind of going through these, these potential scams because it's on the IRS's radar. That means if you do engage in these, you're in hot water. Okay. It's not as bad as maybe being a listed transaction, but the IRS is saying, Hey, you're on record. We're on record. You're being put on notice that these things are scams. And if you engage in them, we're not going to be so nice. So I'm just going to kind of go through the eight of them. As I mentioned, some of them are hilarious, like the first one uh, using, well, actually, let's start with this, um, uh, using a Maltese pension arrangement. <laughs> so what people are doing is somehow arguing that they are uh, allowed to make contributions to a retirement account in Malta. And what they do is they make these contributions, the investments grow without tax, and they use a tax treaty to pull the money back in the United States uh, without tax because they argue it's a pension fund. Um, but the IRS is pretty clear that US persons likely do not have the ability to make contributions to a Maltese um, retirement arrangement. Um, you could do it obviously to a US retirement arrangement, um, but distributions would be subject to tax. Here, what they're doing is they're having it, um, may, uh, treating these contributions to a Maltese uh, arrangement and then having the treaty bring it back without tax, um, getting around any distribution tax. So, you know, these are just stupid. If, if anyone approaches you with this stuff and you live in the United States, you have no connection to Malta and they start telling you that you should make contributions to this Maltese retirement arrangement and, and save taxes. Like you just know it's too good to be true. It's just stupid. Um, the next one is actually interesting because um, I've seen charitable remainder trusts, crats, um, use um, in a way that eliminates taxable gains. So you basically, um, you know, what happens is there's different ways to do it. You can use an annuity or you can just basically make charitable contributions to a trust uh, and get a deduction for the amount that you contribute to the trust um, and then use some of that deduction to offset, let's say, Roth conversions or other income. So charitable um, trusts exist. There's nothing wrong with them. The issue is what people are doing is they're, for example, transferring appreciated assets to this CRAT, um, and then they take a step up in basis on the fair market value um, of what they contribute. Okay, so uh, they have, uh, let's say, appreciated stock. They, they transfer it to this CRAT. They get a... a tax deduction for what their contribution is. They take a step up in basis for what they contribute. And then they don't, they don't the CRAT, let's say, sells the property and there's no gain, right? Because they got a step up in basis. At least they try to argue a step up in basis. Um, and then they use the proceeds to buy these annuities 
And then the beneficiary is able to get a percentage of the annuity income based off some of these charitable trust rules, which could work. It's just the issue is the step up basis uh, removes any of the tax that would be imposed on this trust. And then not only do you eliminate the tax, but then the beneficiaries get a, a string of income as, uh, as part of that annuity without tax. So again, I've seen um, charitable um, trust work as a way to obviously uh, donate appreciated assets to, to charity, get a deduction for what you appreciate. And even it's possible the beneficiary to get some income stream that would be subject to tax. What this uh, strategy tries to do is eliminate the tax by arguing a step up basis, which the IRS says there's no merit to that. So again, charitable trusts are not the issue, but if someone's trying to uh, push these annuity trusts with a step up basis, where you can then escape tax and get income streams of the tax, plus get a tax deduction, you know, beware. Sounds uh, too good to be true. The next one involves Puerto Rican foreign captive insurance companies. So the IRS has been on this foreign captive insurance uh, company stuff for, for many years. Basically businesses set up uh, captive insurance, um, get a lot of deductions by dumping lots of cash in these captive insurance companies and um, basically, you know, never really using the money for any insurance, just getting huge deductions. Um, and basically, they basically, in the last several years, have argued that these don't have any substance and the deduction should not be respective, whether it's a Puerto Rican or other foreign captive insurance. This is another um, area. Well, this is an area the IRS has been pretty consistent about in terms of um, really uh, their displeasure and showing their displeasure by, by having it on this list of uh, tax scams. So um, in the Build Back Better, they've tried to um, limit uh, IRA's ability, for example, to invest in captive insurance companies, um, which never went through. But here, here's a, another list where the captive insurance companies are on it. Um, and they're really just saying that the deductions don't have any substance because there's not really insurance coverage, right? Insurance coverage in quotations, um, it, they argue it's a scam. It's just a way to get huge amounts of deduction. So anyone who's thinking of using uh, a foreign um, captive insurance company, beware, talk to lawyers, get opinion letters, be super careful because the IRS is certainly on that track and uh, they're watching. The next thing is this uh, transaction involving monetized installment sales, where um, you know there's an inappropriate use of installment sale rules under Section 453, you know by a seller who uh, when they sell property they receive sale proceeds uh, through loans. So in a typical transaction, for example, the seller enters into a contract to sell appreciated property to buy for cash, and then uh, purports to sell the same property to an intermediary in return for the installment note. The intermediary then purports to sell the property to the buyer and receives the cash purchase price. And through all these related convoluted steps, the seller receives the amount equivalent to the sale price less the fees in purported loan that is non-recourse unsecured. So it's all these steps with the IRS is arguing it's a sham and it's a way to um, you know, save tax on the sale um, through, through this loan function. So again, installment sales work that's okay. It's just when you have these straw buyers out there and notes, um, be careful. Um, it's that extra step with the intermediary um, selling that property to the buyer. Um, 
be be on the lookout. Okay, so installment sales could work, but just like the uh, charitable trust, once you add the step up in basis and the annuity feature, same here with the installment sales. When you try to monetize it through um, someone that um, is um, you know an intermediary, you want to be super careful because you want to be in a situation where you run afoul to these rules. Trust me. Okay, the next one is obvious: concealing assets in offshore accounts right, or improper reporting of digital assets. This is a biggie. The IRS is not messing around here. Um, they've gone through the Swiss bank accounts dating back to the early 2000s. They've issued John Doe summonses to foreign banks. They're doing that with crypto exchanges now. Um, they are super, super focused, whether it's through FBAR reporting um, and other areas. If you have foreign bank accounts over 10,000 bucks or interest in foreign investments, you are going to have reporting requirements and you certainly need to comply with them. Penalties are enormous, even including criminal penalties, okay? So remember, U.S. persons are taxed on your worldwide income, not just your U.S. income. Um, and if you have assets in foreign countries, you need to report them on an FBAR or other uh, relevant re returns. That includes digital assets. Um, yes, some of these foreign uh, organizations will do reporting, um, but you have responsibilities as well as a taxpayer, U.S. taxpayer, to report to the U.S. tax authorities your interest in these foreign um, assets, okay? So this is something to, this is probably the most important of all the 30 tricks because the penalties are the steepest and um, failure to comply is the most dangerous uh, from a tax and um, freedom standpoint because they will throw you in jail, Okay. If you look at all the tax court cases every day there, you can go in the tax court and check out all the, all the cases. I'd say a good chunk of them relate to FBARs, foreign bank account reporting. Okay. The IRS is not messing around with this. They are not screwing around when you have foreign assets and you're not reporting it, they will throw you in jail. Okay. So this is the one tax scam that even if you have, uh, you know, I grew up in Canada, guess what? I got rid of all my bank accounts uh, over the last 15 years because I don't want that to ever go above 10,000 bucks. Let's say you know, I get interest or some investment pops and I forget to report it. I just said, forget it. I'm just going to take everything, move it out of Canada and the United States. I don't want to have any FBAR reporting. So the same if you're doing cryptos overseas or have an interest in foreign bank accounts, foreign businesses, be careful. Okay. It's, it's, it's not something the IRS is playing around with. The next one, high income individuals who don't file tax returns. I mean, who's stupid enough not to file tax returns? Well, I got friends. I actually had lunch with someone who's a lawyer who hasn't filed a tax return in five years. Um, and he just is like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm getting, I got divorced. I, you know, I was dealing with all that stuff. And I just haven't filed a tax return. COVID hit. And I'm just like, dude, you are a moron. Okay. The taxes, forget about the taxes. Even if you don't know taxes, the penalties is enormous. Okay. And it's also potentially criminal. So don't mess around. And especially if you, if you have income over a hundred thousand bucks, the IRS is super focused on this. It is super hard to get away with it. Okay. Especially if you filed tax returns in the past and you just stop, the IRS will come after you. If you've never filed tax returns, right? You turn 18 and you just never file, you know, maybe you get away with it for a while, but you know, 1099s are going to kick in. If you have bank accounts, there's going to be reporting to the IRS. They're going to find out who you are. Um, and you're going to, you're going to go down. Okay. So just don't be stupid, pay your taxes, follow your tax returns on time. 
work with accountants. It's just part of the game, right? We're in the best country in the world. Part of the game is you have to pay taxes and file tax returns, okay? It's just a trade-off for being free and living in the greatest country in the world. Yeah, we're all, and nothing wrong with, you know, working with tax professionals to minimize taxes legally, but to just failure to file is stupid and um, just makes no sense. So whether you're a high earner or a low income earner or a middle income earner, who cares, file your tax returns. You may even get a refund. So don't be stupid. The next one, uh, I've seen, I've actually heard about this stuff and I can't believe people do it, but it's basically syndicated conservative easements or conservation easements where you get um, these deductions for conservation easements um, and, and you use it uh, where you get inflated appraisals of these undervalued land and you get um, these this deductions for these uh, easements. Um, so basically these arrangements do nothing more than just game the tax system for grossly inflated tax deductions. Uh, and they, the promoters get a lot of money. So they, you get high, you, you basically um, take a piece of land that's uh, underdeveloped and you argue it's inflated and uh, you have these conservation easements that generate these huge tax deductions and their scams. So anytime someone's approaching you with uh, conservation easements, that's going to generate high tax deductions for you. Be cautious, beware. It's probably a scam. Um, next one again is these micro captive insurance arrangements. And again, I'm, I'm, it's the same theme, right? We talked about foreign insurance captive arrangements. Here it's micro captive insurance. And this happens all the time. This is pretty common actually, um, where there's insurance for implausible risks and it fails to match business needs or it duplicates taxpayers' commercial coverages. The idea is you get huge tax deductions for dumping these uh, funds into these micro captive insurance arrangements. And oftentimes there's really no uh, insurable risk here. So the IRS is clear they've stepped up enforcement on uh, value, you know, on these arrangements. Captive insurance is a big theme here. So be careful. If you're thinking about doing US-based captive insurance, foreign-based captive insurance, the IRS is on the lookout and they've stepped up uh, enforcement in these areas. Okay. So this is the dirty dozen list, even though there's only eight dirty dozen transactions this year and potentially more can come, but the IRS is, is sort of said this is it on a June 10th release. But I wanted to kind of share this with everyone because um, it's important to kind of just spot these issues, know what's out there, know what the IRS is looking at. And again, if it's too good to be true, it is. Anything that's generating high deductions and seems kind of fishy, whether it's like intermediaries or like just random stuff. Obviously, if you're contributing to a Malta pension plan, like that's just stupid. If you're not filing tax returns, that's just stupid. If you're getting huge tax deductions for conservation easements on land that's worthless, kind of stupid. If, you don't, um, if you're not reporting foreign assets, digital assets, that's stupid. Um, and the captive insurance company, you know, the average American, me, you, we're not, we're not going to be involved with captive insurance company, but companies with a lot of cash do because they generate deductions and generally, you know, you can get that money back because it's invested. Um, and they're pretty, um, you know, well promoted by super smart um, companies, even accounting firms, law firms that will promote these uh, foreign captive, micro captive insurance company arrangements. So, so again, the whole purpose of this podcast is kind of just to be like, hey, just want to like let you know these things are out there. IRS is scrutinizing these. Be on the lookout. If if 
you get approached by these things, uh, by anyone that's pushing these type of arrangements, probably turn away, walk away, not worth your, your uh, time or effort. So that's it. You're on notice now. I uh, can't blame me. Tell me I didn't tell you. Uh, these are the dirty dozens. So happy no US retirement arrangements. I don't include Malta as, as like a real IRA retirement arrangement because you know anyone that contributes to a form pension company and tries to argue that it's uh, they're entitled to um, you know U.S. tax treatment from a U.S. retirement account is just that's yeah, foolish. It's just um, you know abusive. So there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You're probably like, thank God there's nothing I've done on this list because most of us are not doing stupid stuff like this. If you've not filed tax returns, file them. If you have foreign assets and foreign bank accounts, talk to someone about an FBAR. If you don't need that bank account, let's say you're born in you know, Germany or Greece and you just have that account, get rid of it. Move it to the U.S. Do not play around with this stuff, okay? The penalties are huge and there's criminal uh, enforcement, okay? You have criminal risk. So um, that's it, you know, just do not mess around. So other than that, have a great rest of your day. I appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. It's a weekly podcast. I've been doing this many years, like we're almost getting to 400 episodes. So I love this, this podcast. I have so much fun with it. I kind of get to um, dapple in, in different areas, not just self-direct retirement accounts. Like today, I'm doing the dirty dozen. So um, generally anything involving tax, retirement, investments, alternative take on it, um, get to put on my lawyer cap and have some fun. So take care. Thanks for spending some time with me and talk to Anna Rogan next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.